0: Uh, this week we're going to be in Philippians chapter three, and um, we're going to talk about. Um, I think Angela and my wife both mentioned this one, the old rugged cross. Um, I do want to say again, um, I tried to write them down. Those of you that um, those of you that did not write down or send me your favorite hymns, um, please. Please go ahead and um, do that in the comment section now. Uh, I don't know how long we're going to be out, so I'll keep working through some of these these songs. Um, But the Old Rugged Cross. uh, The Old Rugged Cross is an interesting story. It was written by a man by the name of George uh, Bernard. Bernard. Uh, in the 1900s, 1913 is when he wrote this song. Uh, George Bernard was born in Youngstown, Ohio. Um, I don't know if anybody else if you know or have ever been to, uh, if, if I remember correctly, I believe that's where the dairy is at. If I'm not, I may be thinking wrong. But uh, he was born in Youngstown, Ohio, and he moved to um, Iowa. And to at some point he ended up settling in the town of Lucas, um, Lucas, Iowa, is where he settled in. His family settled in. At 16 years of age, he entered into the Salvation Army, um, where this is where he first and his wife served. When it, This is where he met his when he met his wife. This he and his wife served there for a period of time as officers in the Salvation Army. So they worked that. He was later ordained um, by a Methodist Episcopal church. Um, it's interesting. If I just want to make a little side note here, every one of these songs that we have come across, all these hymns, these old traditional hymns that we all love, um, and sing really, really slow. All right. Pick these up, Baptist. Um they're all written by old preachers, old revivalists, old evangelists, old ministers. They're all it's inter- just interesting to me that we are constantly seeing over and over and over these men of God that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ that um, write these songs um, that that are near and dear to our hearts. But you know, when you're when you're close to God, uh oh. I lost you for a second. Hopefully, we came back. Um. Anyway, um. So it looks like we're still going. Okay. Um. Anyway, so written by old ministers. Um. This was this song came about. He was conducting a revival service. Um, throughout the states of a wonderful state, and that is Michigan. Uh, he was preaching revivals in Michigan and New York. All right, so now now some of you may um, decide to stop singing this song when you find out that this is where it happened at, all right? So um, this is probably why Old Rugged Cross is one of my favorite songs, too, just so you know. After returning to Michigan, it states that he passed through an experience which caused him to reflect seriously uh, about the significance of the cross and what the Apostle Paul meant when he spoke of entering in the fellowship of Christ's suffering. And now that's the verses we'll be in Um Philippians 3.10 is where we will end up, and that's what he's talking about where it talks about the fellowship of the suffering, um, where Christ suffered on the cross. Uh, as Bernard contemplated these truths, he became convinced that the cross is more than just a religious symbol, but rather the very heart of the gospel. George Bernard has left the following account regarding writing his hymns. Um, <laughs> Yeah, funny, Kyle. Um, so this is... This is George Bernard's testimony um, about the inspiration of the song. These are his actual words. And and I, and I don't think we've had that before, um, if I remember correctly. So this is what I thought was pretty interesting. He says, The inspiration came to me one day when I was staying in uh, Albon, Albion, Michigan. I began to write the old rugged cross. I composed the melody first. The words that I first wrote were imperfect. The words of the finished hymn were put into my heart in answer to my own need. Shortly thereafter, it was introduced a special meeting at Pokagon, Michigan uh, on June 7th, 1913. The first occasion where it was heard outside of the church at Pokagon was at a Chicago Evangel- uh, Evangelistic Institute, where it was introduced before a large convention and soon became extremely popular throughout the country. Um, so, like i said it was inspired by the readings of philippians 3:10 that we'll get into paul's writings about the suffering of the cross now um you know i want to preface this by no means are we stating that the cross itself is an idol to be worshiped but the redemption work that happened on the cross is the pivotal point the key point of christianity um and, and we'll talk a little bit about that later but we all know that as great as the resurrection was, if it wasn't for the suffering on the cross, there would be no payment for the sins, all right? The, the, the resurrection proved he was God and had power over the death. The cross is the payment, what happened on the cross, the work on the cross, the, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ is the sacrificial lamb payment for the sins, all right? So, Bernard continued in his, his evangelical, evangelistic ministries for an additional 40 years. October 9th of 1958, at the age of 85 years old, it states here, it says, Bernard exchanged his cross for a crown, says that um, there is in Reed City, Michigan, if you're ever in Michigan, go to Reed City, Michigan, near his home, there stands seems to stand a 12-foot-high cross with the words, The Old Rugged Cross, home of George Bennett, composer of the beloved hymn. So um, next time you guys are up there in, uh, in in Michigan, Reed City, Michigan, Richie, I think I saw you on earlier. If you cruise up that direction, uh, snap a picture of that cross and send it to us. So as, at the time that this book which is 101 Hymn Stories, was written. Uh, there's apparently a 12-foot cross. So it's interesting. Um, I Love, I really enjoy listening and, and studying the inspiration to these hymns, these great hymns that we sing Sunday after Sunday. I, I believe, and, and what really started me on these was I, I think that um, we, we sing our songs, our hymns, as just something that we do before the preacher starts preaching. And we've really lost touch with the words, the actual words. And, and listen, there is a difference between a song um, that's just written that sounds good, and a song that's written from the heart with good, solid biblical words that praise. All right. And, and that draws, that's the difference between secular music and, and godly music, okay? Um, that's why we should be paying attention to what we sing in in relation to in our worship because it needs to mean something. The words need to be true, biblical, and they need to mean something to us. Right. So I, I love I love this inspiration. Pay attention to the hymns as we sing the hymns, and when you realize where they come from, the the guy's heart that as he wrote read about the cross, the suffering, the redemptive work of God. Um, it it inspired this. So uh, we're going to run back here. We're going to get to Psalms chapter or or Philippians chapter three. Um, We're going to begin in verses five. We're going to start in five and work our way to 10. Um, I'll read those. It's verses five and six state says, now Paul, he's talking here. It's kind of a testimony here. He states, he says, "Um, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a, in Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. Paul kind of starts out in these verses here. Um, He's starting to kind of have a bit of a testimony about, uh, you know, how he began Paul was the man of the men. He was the highest of the highest. He, he, he had this stature, several things in his life that many people envied him for to be um, what he was. Um, in this world, stature is your, is your commonplace. The stature is what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants to uh, have the fame, the glory. Um, of course, in this situation today, we're realizing who is actually essential, amen, and who is not. Um, but what he's talking about is he's saying, he says, you know, I was the Hebrew of the Hebrews. Uh, he was of the tribe of Benjamin, right? He was a Pharisee. He, he was, uh, you know, he was this, this big guy. Um, the, he, the focus on these things are a focus of false security. And brother and sister, we got to be careful that um, we don't get caught up on what the world says is stature. And what the world says is mighty and important and and to be strived for, right? And and this is how Paul is is talking right through here. He says, says, I had it. I was up there. I have the stature. Um, It was this great thing. Verse seven, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. And this is where we need to pay attention to. Is just because it is gain for me, what does it do for our worship to Christ or our duty to Christ? He says it offers me gain, but it has no spiritual gain for me. It is actually a a loss in in my spiritual drive to be like Christ. Uh, Believers focused on ourselves with the illusion of God. We're actually losing out on that relationship with God, gaining recognition and praise in others' eyes, but not so much in spiritual growth. This can happen even in the church. Listen, if you're if you're a singer and you sing to have your back padded, then this is gain for you and not gain for the cross, or for Christ. You know, if you're preaching the gospel for you, so people, if I get up there. Listen, I understand I'm good looking and I know people need to look at me and, and, you know, eye candy and all that fun kind of stuff. But I shouldn't be up there preaching the gospel just so I have that attaboy afterwards. OK, I, I should be preaching the gospel because Jesus Christ has given me a word to share with, with those of you. I, even here in, in the Sunday school lessons, I don't, I don't shouldn't be doing this just so 18 to 30 people tune in to listen to me. Um, it should be for the gospel, and I don't care what your job is. Um, it, it, you know, door-to-door evangelism. I don't, I don't care if it's friends and neighbors. I don't care if it's handshaker. Well, um, six foot away, hand waving at this point in the game. But uh, you know, if it's if you clean the parking lot at church or, or whatever, you, you know, a handyman or whatever your, it is, you should you should do that for the cause of Christ and not the cause of self. All right. He says that it is loss, a candidate loss for Christ. Is what we do, do we do this for Christ? Does it edify him instead of self? on verse 8, he says, yea doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the ecclesiastical Excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. He says he realized that none of this, of that self-enrichment meant a thing. And I love these words. How many of you today, myself included, would say that if what I am doing, if I'm not doing it for the cause of Christ, it is counted as dung? manure. I just cleaned up the backyard because we feed our dogs too much. I'm just telling you right now. There was way too much that I needed to clean up in the backyard. And typically that is Charlie's job and he doesn't live here anymore. So Charlie does not clean the backyard up. So guess who that fell on? Well, it's going to be Andy, but he was at work. And so the wife was doing the the lawn mowing. So I, I had to clean the dung up in the backyard. So today, right now, when I read these words, it really rings to me. He says that what I do to edify myself is counted as dung. He says, if I'm not enriching the cause of Christ, if I'm not doing for the Lord, it is as dung. It's not, "Eh, that's no big thing. Jesus loves me. It's not the end of the world. No, no, no. It is counted as dung done that I may win Christ. Verse nine. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is in the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. He continues with the righteousness is only found in Christ through faith. We cannot work our way into heaven. Alright, what did he say? As dung. We cannot get there. This is amazing to me when people say, Well, you know, me and God, we've got this thing worked out. We can get there, we can do that. Uh you know, I, I've got my my way and, and, and I've got these works. I've got all this. No, oh, Paul's telling us that is as dung. That is not even not, not only is it just not good enough, it is as dung. It is the righteousness. Found it says, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God. See when a person says they can work their way into heaven, you read these couple of verses right here. And you can tell them all of your works are like manure. Give them a shovel, bring them over to my house, and I'll give them a bucket and a scooper and let them walk around the backyard and pick up after my dogs who eat too much, and they and you'll start to get an idea. Of, the, uh, of what our works mean to get you into heaven. They're kind of as dung, And that is what is Paul saying. I love, there are certain phrases in the Bible that I love. Um, I'll be preaching Sunday night about Lazarus and the word, uh, the resurrection of Lazarus when it says that he is risen, that he stinketh. Um, that it cracks me up, that word, you know, Talking about how uh, he, he stinketh because he was dead. This one here is, is I enjoy this I, and do count them but dung. All right. I, uh, yeah, I didn't really think that was mom saying that she agrees with Kyle. That one's for you, Aunt Bobby. All right. Right there. And just so you know that if we don't have football season this year, um, we didn't lose. To Ohio State and that breaks the that breaks the loss record. Okay? Just so you know, that, that's that counts. All right. It's not a loss, so it breaks the rec- breaks the, the streak. Um keep cutting out there. Okay. Um so I'm having a hard I have to hardwire something down here. I'm, look, I'm having, I'm struggling here today. But anyway, um, so this now we bring, we come to verse ten. All right, this is the the verse that inspired the old rugged cross. This is the the verse that um, we have this song that we that we all love and and, and we sing and we ask for on a regular basis. This verse ten, to me, when I read this, this is Paul's heart, Paul's desire. This is what he wishes, and I and I love this. These three, um, these three. No, makes sure you Yeah, these three things that Paul um, is looking forward to, is wanting, is what we should be desiring and understanding or coming to as well. He desires first there in verse ten, the very first thing that I may know Him. How amazing is the statement that that he says that I wish to know Christ more, to draw near to all that is my Savior. Um, He wishes to separate from all that is uh, of unimportance in this world to know Christ. He already realizes that the things that he stated here, what I did in the world mean nothing. I need to know Christ more so I know what makes him happy. All right. Now, it goes on here. He says it tells, you know, he's talking about I may know him. It tells me that we cannot continue to edify ourselves or lift up ourselves and also lift up the name of God. We cannot stand in our serving Christ and do it to edify ourselves, and expect it to edify God. All right? And this is the hard part. Sometimes you've got to do it and not get the pat on the back, not get to add a boy or add a girl, not get the recognition that you should that you desire. Sometimes you have to go through a sacrifice, you have to go through a hard time, lose out on something friends or even family members or not partake in a lifestyle because it doesn't edify Christ. As we begin to set our focus more on knowing Him, then our hearts will desire changes. I promise you, I'm sitting here today and I will tell you, I have, and you know, don't go ask my brother, all right, of all, all the things that I did, because he'll tell you stories. But I'm promising you, I lived this world. I've done things, and Mom and Dad's in here, so I, I can't type out some of the things that I've done. Um, I've done things in my life that I will forever be, that I will regret. Okay. The more I focus on Christ, the more my heart desires the things of the Lord. You know, if, if we don't desire the things of God now, it's probably because our hearts not focused on the things of God. All right. And that, and that's what he's going here. He says I, that I may know him more. How more, how much is too much of knowing about God? Think about that. When we say I need to know him more, how much is too much? I love my wife. I need to know her to know how to make her happy. How great of a husband would I be if I didn't care any iota about what made her happy? Especially when I'm spilling oil all over the garage floor out there. And at 10 o'clock last night, Andy and I are running down to UDF to the only place that's open with kitty litter to soak all that oil up all right i've got to know what will make her happy today and that is we installed her brand new back porch door so now she is happy all right oil is covered up she's forgotten well not now because she's in here and and i just reminded her Uh, but now she's got this brand new back door and brand new front door that she can open and close and she is super happy right now all right If I honestly want to set out to know God, I have to desire the things of God. I've got to work, figure out things that make him happy. I've got to study his word. I've got to be in a relationship with him. I've got to talk to him through prayer. I've got to come to his church uh, that he built. I've got to gather around his people to absorb the knowledge that they have learned so that I can learn more about what honestly Pleases him to know him more. The more, the happier I make him, the more I can know him, the more, and and the happier I will become. I promise you, the things that I enjoyed in the world do not compare to the joy that I get for sharing the gospel or or preaching God's word or, or, or Sunday school via live here. If you If you're honestly set to know him, do you seek to know him more and more? A daily reading, a daily study, uh, you know, where is all the, the work that we're doing to know him? And maybe because we still suffer with ourselves is the reason why it's not happening. He continues there. He says, the power of his resurrection. Paul desires to better grasp the idea of the resurrection. And we talked about that briefly this week, and um, uh, Easter Sunday, we or we talked about it then. Um, we are people with a time frame, all right? Most of us want to live life to the fullest and get all things we can while here on earth, all right? Um, hold on a second. My battery is dying faster than I expected it to. Um, so we got, you know, we desire, uh, I'm sorry. Paul's desire to better grasp the idea of the resurrection. We have this time frame, right? Uh we want to get everything. The world says you only live once and get what you can and find yourself and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the resurrection offers to us an immortality, an eternal immortality in our life. And hope beyond death. Um, we have through Christ Jesus everlasting life. and the, the the more we grasp the concept of the resurrection that we look forward to the resurrection, the our hope grows. It's easier to focus here on earth on him. When we understand the idea of eternal happiness, allowing us our, or giving us a reason to sacrifice today for eternity. What is this? You know, I say it all the time. If eternity is this long, where do you fit 100 years? Um, not to, We should be focusing on the short term, right? Um, you, you play for the long game. Uh, Lori and I have been watching. She's got me into watching Survivor. We're watching a survivor and, you know, people talk all the time. You know, I, I'm looking for the long game. I want to win. Now it's $2 million, right? So I'm playing the long game. We're playing the long game, all right? This life here doesn't matter. It's it's of no, no there's nothing here for us. It's as done, he says. So give it to Christ. Understand that we have a hope in the resurrection, but this is the, the verse, this is the part of the verse, and the fellowship of his suffering being made comfortable unto his death. Here's the part that inspires the song. Suffering. He Christ suffered on the old rugged cross. And with him we suffered and died and our sins were paid on this cross. A king without sin dies a horrible, gruesome death because of Trevor Wilson. Because of each of you that are on here today. The resurrection is of hope. Paul understands the cross and what Christ went through. This is the greater love the Bible talks about. The resurrection, I said, is hopeful. But without the payment of the cross, we have zero salvation. The writer realized that we must focus on the work of the cross... Allow it to be a symbol of the burden of our sin, our cross bearing, to lay at the foot of Christ. It's not an idol because Christ is risen, but it is a tool that was used in our redemptive work. We do not recognize what happened. If we do not recognize what happened on the old rugged cross, then we're lost we're without any drive without any focus focus on what christ did on the cross everything else is gain is of no gain without the sacrifice of christ we cannot enter into heaven that old rugged cross two wooden boards nailed together seemingly Ordinary, where a God came down out of heaven, lived amongst us, and sacrificed Himself on that cross, on that ordinary pieces of wood, neck between two sinners, between two thieves, and died in my place. And yet, I turn around and I focus, like Paul was saying, on all of this false security in this world, we have learned here lately what really matters and what doesn't matter. And as Christians and brothers and sisters in Christ, if we're not taking this opportunity to wash out all of that which is of dung and work towards winning for Christ, then what good are we? First Peter two, first Peter two twenty-two says Starts says who did no sin talking about Jesus neither was guile found in his mouth who when we was who yeah, who when he was reviled reviled not again when he suffered he threatened not but committed himself to him that judges righteously who in his own self bear our sins in our own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by those stripes we are healed for ye are as sheep going astray but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls one day we will be called home to our uh, and our sins are washed or forgiven by the crucifixion on the cross it says by his stripes we are healed by his suffering we are made renewed By the redemptive work of the old rugged cross, Jesus Christ dying on the ordinary two pieces of wood and a handful of nails, we get to see heaven. We get to have eternal life. And the words penned from the inspiration of the idea of the suffering of the cross should be inspiration to us to recognize and understand that we too have fellowship with Jesus Christ by the redemptive work of that old rugged cross. Forget yourself and understand that the work on the cross was for us. Not for him, but it was for us. The old rugged cross, the suffering, the sacrifice, the hammer and the nails, the bleeding, the death the whipping, the long walk, carrying the boards, carrying the wood, the tree, was so that you and I could worship him and you and I could enter into heaven, freely forgiven of our sins. And all he asks is that we focus on him and what pleases him. Do you wish to know him more? Do you truly understand how great the resurrection and the power of death that he over death that he had? Do you fellowship through the sacrifice that Christ did on the cross? Don't leave out of here today without focusing, refocusing, getting back in line with the things of Christ. So... Uh, As normal fashion, I'm going to read the song. The old rugged cross goes like this. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Oh, that old rugged cross so despised by the world has wondrous attraction for me for the dear lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary In the old rugged cross stained with blood so divine a wondrous beauty I see for twas on the old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctified me. The old rugged cross I will never ever I will ever be true Its shame and reproach gladly bear Then he'll carry me some day to my home far away Where glory forever I'll share So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it some day for a crown. i leave you today. With those exact final words. Bear the cross. Focus on Christ. And one day. When we're called home. We can exchange it for a crown. I love you guys. I miss you guys very much. Hope you guys all stay safe. And one day. We will return back to normal. And be And have normal class.